This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If you've driven west or south of Chicago, you've likely seen those enormous white wind turbines dotting the landscape. Now imagine those same giant turbines in Lake Michigan. The Rust Belt to the Greenbelt Act in Springfield proposes funding a wind farm 15 miles off the coast of Chicago's southeast side. If it comes to pass, it could be the first wind farm in the Great Lakes. One of the bill's sponsors, Democratic State Representative Marcus Evans, says the project could be a boon for the environment and for the economy in neighborhoods on the southeast side. And he joins us now. Welcome to Reset, Representative. Hey, how are you? How are you? Doing well. Thanks for joining. Can you tell us why you think there should be a wind development in Lake Michigan? Yeah, first of all, uh, we all want clean energy because that's the same thing to do. But we have to produce that idea. And uh, who's going to produce it? Who's going to benefit from the production of clean energy is important. A lot of these industries, uh, communities like mine, don't benefit from, and that's a problem. And the energy sector is such a wonderful industry. How can we bring the production to the south side of Chicago, a black and Latino working class white community? This is a way. Yeah. And and so you're specifically interested in putting this development off the southeast side for what reason? Yeah, well, for the opportunity for economic development, to introduce my community to more of the uh, energy sector and the clean energy economy. Uh, but we want it in Illinois in general. I, of course, would like it to be in the southeast side of Chicago, ideally, if that's what my community wants. But uh, we definitely want it in Illinois because... The federal government has already decided that they're going to invest. Uh, Joe Biden had a, has an economic plan for wind energy development. So states are already taking advantage. And we're already behind the eight ball today on receiving hundreds of millions of dollars of federal dollars. So why not join the other states? And why not bring the economic development specifically to the southeast side, but in generally to the city of Chicago and the state of Illinois? Early stages, I know, but how much power are you projecting could be generated by this development? It all depends on the size. I mean, those things need to be worked out because um, I'm not an engineer. And I want to pretend to be one, so I don't want to quote any particular uh, right. wattage or what could be produced. But we know that the, that uh, we don't have enough clean energy. Look what's going on in California now. Uh, such a demand for energy that they don't have enough solar. So you need solar, you need wind energy, you need uh, different types of clean energy options. And wind is just another one of those options because eventually we'll be 100% dependent across the world, but we have to build that out. And we're nowhere near where we should be. So projects like this or opportunities for projects like this can put us in that right direction. How many jobs do you estimate could be created here? Are you, are you imagining yeah. permanent jobs or is this more like construction? I'm imagining it in both, but definitely the construction. You can immediately talk about the construction. We always want to think about the economic opportunity for development. Once you get one project, you get more projects. You're from Chicago. You know what River North used to look like, or you know what the South Loop used to look like, or you know what some of these communities used to look like, but you know what they look like now once you start the process of development. One project brings another, uh, but definitely construction projects. And then uh, business opportunities, you know, a lot of times we want to talk about jobs, but some people want to be entrepreneurs. We have black folks and Latinos and working class white folks who can put a business plan together and start an LLC and corporation, and they can do some of this work on the business side as well. So will residents need particular training, you think, in order to receive the job? 
I think we all do because the industry is still brand new. And that's why we have places like Chicago State University. We have Olive Harvey College. And even to be introduced, because some of the issue with the clean energy space is there's only expertise in certain places. But even us having this conversation, hopefully, will spur some young person. We had some high school students there yesterday. And I'm telling them, you all need to be invested in some of this stuff. You know, we're running out of fresh water across the world, right? We got all of this salt water. They have devices and mechanisms to turn salt water into fresh water, right? So we know that the clean energy space exists in general. The environmental space in general is a great opportunity for blacks, minorities, and working class whites, but they're not in the industry. So just in general, we need more folks paying attention to this industry and, uh, and redirecting their career options. Mm-hmm. Any part of this belt that you think addresses any potential educational gap? Not specifically, uh, but having that conversation is where education gaps get plugged in because it's all about demand. You know, people don't go out to Korea they don't know exists. But we're talking about an industry, and I'm hoping that some of the advocates will say, what is that? Well, what are we interpreting? How do you get a job there? Uh, we had Hire360 there because they're working with a lot of our union partners who want to get folks in the path to build some of these things, but maybe some kids want to be engineers and design them. Maybe some kids want to do other things. There's going to be uh, an aquatics boating component because somebody had to take the big turbines out to the water. There's going to be probably cleaning the water. So there's going to be all of these different jobs and careers associated with it that a lot of upper class white folks already know about. How do we introduce our community to some of these opportunities? At least mm-hmm. be aware, right? Right, right. You know, I'm curious about how the development might change Lake Michigan. Like, will we be able to see the wind turbines? It's my understanding, no. So ideas in the past, they were right there, right? But technology and people have gotten smarter. So it's my understanding from the experts that the farther out, the better. You get better wind quality anyway. So they want them to be 15 miles out, 12 miles out, so you can't see them. So nobody's really interested in obstructing our our beautiful lake view because it's not even in their best interest. They want, from the developers I've talked to, and it's a limited amount of developers, but the ones I've talked to, they say, hey, you know, the further out, the better. Yeah. So this won't affect sailing then or, or ships coming to port, it sounds like. No, no. Again, and, and all those things will be worked out, you know, with the Coast Guard and, you know, uh, the, the state police and the folks who handle our waterways. So again, mm-hmm. these are easy problems to fix. They've already worked on that because you have structures out there already in the water. I mean, you can clearly see that I think the, one of the water treatment encapsulation places out there. So it's not like there's nothing in Lake Michigan right now. You know, it's already you have to have, you know, different things out there. That I'm not an expert on, but we can clearly see one of the water things that's out there in Lake Michigan. Yeah. And so we're clear. Where's the funding for this project coming from? Is it a mix of federal and state dollars? Well, it would be a lot of private because the private developers would uh, work would get the federal dollars. So it's mostly federal and private dollars. But of course, it could possibly be some state dollars involved. But for now, it's about setting up the state fund so we can receive the federal opportunities. Usually with federal dollars, if you think about it, the states created the federal government. So a lot of federal dollars don't go directly to individuals or directly to cities. They go to the state first. And then they'll push down from the state to different cities. You know, with HUD, it's a lot of city. That's the federal connection. But for the most part, the state receives federal dollars and yeah. then they push it out. 
This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just tuning in, we're speaking with State Representative Marcus Evans about a potential offshore wind project in Lake Michigan. I want to bring in some additional perspectives here. Uh, Here with us now is Maxwell Evans. No relation. He's a reporter for Block Club Chicago who's been covering this bill. Welcome back, Maxwell. Hello. Thanks for having me back. I had to make that clear. (laughs) Yeah, same last name, but not related. Not related. Uh, We're also joined by Cheryl Johnson, Executive Director for People for Community Recovery. It's an organization that aids communities affected by environmental pollution. Good to have you back, Cheryl. Thank you. Let's start with you, Cheryl. Your organization, it focuses on, on helping communities who've been affected by environmental pollution. Your reaction then to this potential project and what are members of your community saying? Well, actually, this proposal just only been announced to the community, to my perspective, last week at a community meeting. But um, from my perspective, as an organization that's been dealing with environmental and industrial-related issues, I think this is an opportunity for our community with reservations as to how this process is going to go through. Because the only thing that's really been attracting that, let's make it clear, though, we know that the North Side and the Lakeshore Drive communities do not want this type of development Mm -hmm. for their area. And when things get rejected in those areas, it has the tendency to flow down to the southeast side of Chicago. So you said this is okay with reservations. What reservations do you have? Well, I I will get to that. The reservations are... Uh, in regards to this development is good because this is something that our organization has advocated that we need to find alternative renewables energy sources. You know, instead of the fossil fuels and all the nuclear uh, activities that we use to power up our houses, it tends to be problematic and it makes the community sick. So what are some of the alternatives? And this is something my mother used to talk about 20-some years ago prior to her death, that we need to find these alternative solutions. And she was the advocate for wind turbines. Back then, she called it windmills. But wind turbines opportunity is less. It, there's not a lot of pollution, but my reservation is, is about the process, you know, yeah. and the inclusion. I see. And I that see. community really benefit from this opportunity. Mm-hmm. Because I, we hear a lot, great jobs, good jobs. It doesn't say a career path is another reservation that I have in concern. And most importantly, where's the training going to happen at? Is it going to be in the community or is it going to be at the university or the colleges? All, all very good well, questions. I think that is the most important. It should be in the community because that's to be an investment to the community for a lot of the disinvested communities around the southeast side of Chicago. Maxwell, you're hearing what Cheryl's saying now. I wonder what else you have heard from residents on the southeast side. Yeah, so I'm hesitant to to paint any sort of consensus around this. Obviously, this is so early, and uh, as Ms. Johnson mentioned, uh, this is the uh, last week was the first time that a lot of residents heard about this project. So, mm-hmm. uh, definitely no clear consensus on how the community is feeling, but definitely a lot of this is an opportunity with reservations. I think that's an excellent way to put it. Um, the, the opportunity for more jobs, particularly more union jobs, is enticing, but then residents are also concerned uh, about a history of discrimination in trade unions, and are there even enough union-level workers right now to, to fill the need that this job will create? So 
Uh, that, that's an issue that community residents have raised. There's also the idea that these sorts of projects are brought to the south, southeast side, presented to the southeast side as a benefit, but then in, uh, in practice, does that actually happen? So some residents are calling for a community benefits agreement or a CBA that would require the project to meet specific needs or, or quality of life issues in the neighborhood if the developer chooses to, to move forward with a southeast side project. I'll turn it over to you now, Representative. There are concerns here about uh, community input, about jobs and training. What's your response? I love it when my community stands up and wants to be a part of anything that's going on. We should do that more. We should have done that more in the past. Uh, so I'm, I'm definitely open to that. We haven't passed the bill to allow us to receive the state dollars to make this project possible. And that's why we did a community meeting before. We didn't want to play any games with the community. We, we're listening. And I'm hoping the community uh, thinks it makes sense. But keep in mind, if our community didn't want the economic development, I'm sure it's another community along the uh, Great Lakes coast that would. In, in the past, there have been promises to um, made to union and trade groups about jobs that just never came to fruition. So are there parts of the bill or are you working on additions that are going to firmly secure the economic benefit for the community? Yeah, without question, as much as you can. But when you say firmly guarantee all those things, you know, you don't want to lie to your community. It's about opportunity. It's not necessarily guaranteed. So people should go get the training at city colleges, prepare for the opportunity that's coming. It's not about giving a man a specific thing. It's making sure they have all opportunities. And, of course, this is going to be a regional project. So people from all over, it's not like there's going to be jobs dedicated just to people that live on 88th and Escanaba. But it will be opportunities, and that's what uh, I think is important, and that's why I'm listening to my community to ensure. Cheryl, what would you like to see in the bill? Like, um, the- you know, one of the things I would like to see, and no disrespect to the senator or anything like that, it has to have some kind of check and balance in it. It needs to be, for, for the lack of a better word, some kind of independent compliance department or off, uh, that would will monitor to ensure that these opportunities go to the people who live in the community. Chicago gave $100 million to four motor companies, state and city, to build a supplier's campus that they have over there. But when you go look in the parking lot, majority of the cars is over there coming from Indiana. We always knew that majority of the workforce at the Ford Assembly plant and their supplier campus now has been majority from people from Indiana. We even worked on trying to get them to hire, but that still is prevalent, that majority of the folks over there. So I would like to see in this bill that some kind of independent monitoring compliance apparatus be installed in this so that this check and balance, because if a person has a complaint, because we know that unions discriminate against black and brown communities. They take them through a hard time to make sure that they fail through their training because I have the opportunity to witness that and experience that in my life. Mm-hmm. So that part, where, but where, where, where can the person go to complain outside of this for honest or check and transparent review of this process? Right. Because we be discriminated. We know that. We be taken to different routes that other people don't have to go through. But we don't have a place where we can file that complaint. 
if you could play back to the company and the company one that hired you, that goes nowhere. So I I don't know how you frame it, but it needs to have some check and balances as to compliances to these opportunities that we always be guaranteed these opportunity, but we don't we don't have that opportunity in 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 real t- in real life. Maxwell, are you hearing any other pushback about this potential development? Um, in terms of pushback, again, it's kind of too early in the game for for people to have formed completely like I'm pro or I'm con against this project. Um, but I am hearing ideas uh, uh, that this needs to go further than just a power generation project. And in terms of these quality of life issues, like uh, residents who need help paying their energy bills or uh, solutions to address the, uh, the decades of environmental destruction that the community has already faced or industrial projects that promise green, uh, uh, green industry and, and don't exactly end up being that way in practice, um, there's a lot of different things that the community would like to see fleshed out before this bill is passed or before a developer uh, is given a bid for this project. So I wouldn't really frame it as pushback or, or um, opposition to the project, but definitely things that need to be completed before this is a reality. Yeah. So, State Representative, we've established here this is just the beginning. So can you tell us what the next steps are with this project and whether there'll be further discussions with the community? Yeah, I don't think there's any, um, it's going to be ongoing community uh, meetings and conversations. I know myself and uh, Senator Peters, we're always available. And we want to take all the input we can to try to get the best legislation. Because you keep in mind, we're trying to bring something to the entire region. We specifically want it in the southeast side, maybe, if the community is okay with that. But this bill is, is really um, huge for the Great Lakes region. We just want to get a jump on it. It may be a situation where the community doesn't want it. I don't think that's the case, but some other community will benefit from it. We just want to make sure we're doing all we can to help our community. If they don't want it, then that will be the, the decision that's made, and it will be uh, you know, procured through the uh, power agency, with whatever developer uh, can make it happen. But we need clean energy development. That's one thing that's happening, and this isn't a maybe. 100% we need more clean energy development in this country, and it's going somewhere. Hopefully we can be the beneficiaries. That was State Representative Marcus Evans, along with Cheryl Johnson, who's executive director of People for Community Recovery, and Maxwell Evans, who's reporter for Block Club Chicago. Thank you all.